It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 28th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross, I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can just follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to get into some deep philosophical thought. Nothing, nothing concrete, nothing, nothing, you know, crazy here. You know, we're not going to talk about Kant. We're not going to talk about any of the great philosophers, but we are going to get into wishy-washy territory today. We're going to talk about the Magic's philosophical thoughts and what they need to be thinking as they enter this critical offseason and also talk about the one thing that they absolutely have to get right if they want to build the way that they are building. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're searching for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here coming the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Miami Heat and Los Angeles Lakers, your two NBA finalists. Check out Locked On Heat and Locked On Lakers, plus our great national shows, including Locked On NBA. The Tampa Bay Lightning also going for their first, their second Stanley Cup, uh, getting a second chance in Game 6 on Monday night as well. Check out Locked On Lightning for the latest on them. Plus, our, fa- our pals in Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Rays, in the playoffs as well. Check out Locked On Rays for that. No matter what your team is, whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there's a Locked On podcast for you. It is a very exciting time for sports. I didn't even get to the Bucks. Locked On Bucks exists too both the Milwaukee Bucks and the Tampa Bay Bucks. No matter what your team is, find a Locked On podcast where you just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. 
this is this is going to be an interesting summer for the Orlando Magic. Um, you know, I think we've talked about it a lot over the course of this offseason so far. We've talked about it a lot during the hiatus. We've talked a lot about it during the off se- during the season itself. There is no hiding from it. There is no denying it. There is no changing it. The Orlando Magic are maybe not at a crossroads. You know, some people are like, oh, Steve Clifford's on the hot seat or Jeff Weltman's on the hot seat. That's not the case. Uh, the Magic are not under, I think, severe pressure to deliver significant change. But the Magic are indeed at a crossroads of sorts with an understanding that, that their roster is sort of capped out. Um, it's sort of topped off. It's, it's, it's hit a proverbial ceiling. And it's not entirely clear just how much better the Magic can get as constructed. Look, anytime a team loses in the playoffs, questions of change are going to come down the pike. It was not five minutes after the Boston Celtics lost to the Miami Heat on Sunday night that I started getting some tweets and some, some inquiries saying, I wonder if the Magic could get Gordon Hayward. I wonder if the Celtics would be interested in Nikola Vucevic. And yes, the fake trade started coming in. We've, uh, I've certainly suggested a few myself. That's just the reality of the business. How are the Denver Nuggets going? Clearly, what you have is not enough to win a championship. What are you going to do to get better? I, I, I jokingly actually told a cousin, uh, my cousin at, at uh, my Yom Kippur dinner tonight on Sunday night, um, you know, uh, Jalen Brown certainly will look good in a Magic uniform. Everybody is circling the losers and the playoffs and asking, what can we do to help them get better? Also known as, what can we do to steal their good players that they might be looking to move in the sense of trying to make change for the sake of change? This is just the nature of the NBA. Everyone is movable. Everyone is tradable. And anything can happen. And certainly in this offseason, we are expecting a plethora of trades as teams try to rearrange without the tool of free agency, without significant free agents available to make things happen. But the Magic are indeed at a crossroads. The roster has made the playoffs two years in a row, and while that was certainly part of the team's goal in bringing back Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross and really doubling down on their roster, that was certainly part of the goal. No denying that. They didn't do it. They didn't accomplish that goal in a way that gives them confidence moving forward. Certainly, the Magic structured those contracts as well in, in, in a manner that would make it easier to deal just in case this eventuality happened. So, whereas last year the Magic came off a season where they felt like it was a, su- a success, that they were growing, that they had the potential to get better, and keeping and doubling down on that roster was necessary to confirm that success. This year, the Magic don't feel that way. As I've said here, the Magic season was not a failure. Making the playoffs again, confirming that the 2019 season was not a fluke, was necessary. And Steve Clifford, a big part of his role and his job on this team, uh, was to establish this kind of foundation. And again, I will point out, Steve Clifford never made consecutive playoffs with the Charlotte Hornets. So the Magic completed a necessary step but they didn't accomplish all of their goals. And even if they were able to stay healthy, even if they were able to make a little bit of a run in the bubble, which of course they didn't because they couldn't stay healthy, the Magic were still far behind the Indiana Pacers and Philadelphia 76ers. 
And while I think the Magic want to be in the playoff conversation and value winning as a development tool, they do not want to be stuck as the 7 or 8 seed. And that necessitates change. That means change of some kind must happen. Everyone senses it, both people like me who, you know, don't who feel like the magic are not in a bad place, who are in a good place, that have potential to grow and and have done some very good things, and people who are more skeptical. We all agree that change has to happen on this roster, that the magic cannot simply roll the ball back. They cannot bring back all the same players, of course, with Jonathan Isaac out and hope that merely signing another player at the mid-level exception plus adding Chumo Kiki will be enough to make the kind of leap that the Magic want to make. This is where the philosophy really gets deep. This is where what Jeff Waltman does and and, and what he believes is going, I don't want to say on trial, but is going to be the big piece and the big picture of this upcoming season. The bottom line is the Magic are not going to be able to completely turn this roster over or create a potentially unlikely, I won't say not completely, but it's unlikely the Magic will be a championship roster in 2021. This is still a growing process. This is still a step-by-step growth process that the Magic are trying to accomplish. And that's going to be more difficult to accomplish, of course, with Jonathan Isaac out for the year with the torn ACL. That injury is a huge loss for the Orlando Magic. There's no getting around it. That loss is humongous. And it gives the Magic, you know, what I'm essentially calling sort of a free year. If they don't deliver all of their potential, well, they got Jonathan Isaac in their back pocket, likely to be re-signed to help take the load in 2022. Certainly 2022 and 2023 are looking like years that the Magic have to deliver something more substantial and real to to show that they're making the kind of progress that they hope they're making. So this year then, this offseason, is about setting up the chessboard. I know I have said this and used this analogy on a few occasions here on the podcast. This year is about setting up the chessboard. And I'll explain what I mean by that here in just a moment. But first, if you are trying to order food, some of us, you know, restaurants are back open in full here in Florida pretty soon. Whether that's the right decision or not, I'll leave to other people to discuss. Um, but if you're still not quite ready to venture out or, or if you're just sitting at home and too lazy to go out, I've been there. I was there Friday. Um, DoorDash is the best place to go to get all your favorite foods delivered directly to your door. Why go out? It's such a hassle. And I know everyone likes to kind of dress up and go out sometimes, but sometimes you just need to plop on the couch. We got the NBA Finals starting. We got football going on. There's no reason to leave the house right now. There's too much sports on television. Between the never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you got plenty on your to-do list, so give one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, they want pizza, someone craving Froyo, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings the the food you're craving right now to your door. 
Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With more than 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, even as they're opening back up their dining rooms. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities they operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and $0, zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off your, $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, what do I mean when I say that this is about philosophy? This is about getting a sense of what this front office wants to do, what this front office wants to be, and what this team ultimately wants to be. What do I mean when I talk about setting up the chessboard, when I, when I talk about getting the team to be at a certain level? I, I, I sense from a lot of Magic fans, at least the ones that I talk to, that the desire to change is, is, is real. And again, I, I agree. This team needs change. They cannot stand still. They've got to do something. And there is, you know, certainly there's that, that tank or the, the, uh, the, the championship or tank mentality from a lot of rebuilders who think that, you know, if you're not contending for a championship and there's no path to contend for a championship, then you need to start over or you need to go deep into the draft and, and go to, to the lottery to, 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 to find that future star player. And I'll, I'll get to the draft here coming up in a moment. That's, that's not where I fall. And I don't think that's where this front office falls either. I don't think this front office is going to purposefully make this team worse or use a, a, a strategy that relies solely on the lottery to deliver them the, the kind of starring player that, that might tie this thing together. Because again, you know, rookies take time to develop. You know, it's very, very rare that you find a rookie that can step in and make a kind of immediate impact on that level. You know, certainly like Donovan Mitchell was one guy and it took him, you know, and he stepped in his rookie year, but, you know, he was also not a top draft pick, I would note. Um, there, it's, it's very, very rare that you find that kind of a player. Um, and, and that's even at the top of the draft, and this is not a particularly strong draft, which is why I've been so bullish. or not, I, I haven't you know, responded favorably toward deals that, that have the Magic trading up to the top of this draft. It, it, again, it would not surprise me if the Magic take a step back in 2021, intentionally or otherwise. I, I don't think it'll be intentional. I think the Magic will be still consider themselves a playoff team. They'll be disappointed if this team doesn't make the playoffs. And frankly, as currently constructed, if the Magic don't make the playoffs, even with, you know, the Wizards potentially getting better, the Chicago Bulls potentially getting a little bit better with a better with a coach in Billy Donovan, with the Hawks potentially getting better, 
I still expect this. I, I I still expect this Magic team to make the playoffs in tw- as currently constructed in 2022 or in 2021. I'm sorry, but this team can't stand still either. And you know, you look at some of the players that the Magic have, and it's difficult to see them being able to package them or package what the Magic have to go get a true star. To be a team that's like active in, say, like the Bradley Beal sweepstakes, which again, I don't think he's going to be available, but that's a good for instance. Or to go get one of the potentially star players that could be on the market, especially with teams like Milwaukee probably looking for one. Who knows what the Clippers are going to do? There's, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces in this puzzle. There's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of teams potentially looking at making these kinds of deals too. Again, it's a summer where there are no free agents, so everyone is probably going to look to the trade market to make something happen. And as I've argued before, at least I argued on, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, the Magic are more likely sellers. They're most likely looking to get young assets and, and maybe some cap flexibility uh, in a trade for a guy like Aaron Gordon or a guy like Nikola Vucevic. You know, again, like a deal that might net them Kelly Oubre from the Suns or, you know... Uh, or, or, or someone, or I mean, like Otto Porter or the Bulls. You know, I know some people want Zach Levine to get a guy. You know, that that's probably the level that you're looking at. And so, if if the Magic are doing that kind of deal, they better get young players that they could potentially grow into bigger roles. You know, sort of like they did when they traded JJ Redick for Tobias Harris, or to go get cap relief and and create some financial flexibility down the road. Again, it's not going to do much good this this offseason. And frankly, this Magic team isn't ready for kind of the big name free agent yet. And so, I'm not suggesting the Magic trade for Kelly Bray. I don't think that's necessarily a good deal, although he's a better shooter than Aaron Gordon. I'm not saying the Magic should trade for Otto Porter. That deal would definitely be a bad deal. What I'm saying, though, is what's important this offseason, and I have taken way too long to get to this point, what's important this offseason is the Magic begin to look like the team they ultimately want to become. Whatever vision, whatever idea Jeff Weltman has for the kind of team he wants this group to be, or the kind of team that he feels can make a core of Jonathan Isaac, Marco Fultz, Mo Bamba, or whoever he thinks is part of this team's core, whatever that final team needs to look like, that's the team that the Magic need to look more like by the end of this offseason, and certainly by as, as they continue to move on, as they get closer and closer to it. Like I've said, Jeff Fultman's main goal in the first two and a half years of his tenure as the Magic's president of basketball operations has been to transform the kind of fundamentals and the foundations of this team. He spent the first year less on the Magic's roster and more on the infrastructure of the team, on changing the practice facility, on changing you know, how the teams interact with each other, how you know, how the management interacts with the players and, and how management operates. The second year, he brought in Steve Clifford, and that started to change the foundations of the team itself, making them more competitive, making them, um, giving them a real chance to win, and of course, making that incredible run to the playoffs. Year three was certainly about solidifying that foundation. And again, the Magic didn't have as good of a season in 2020 as they did in 2019 by every statistical measure, and certainly by the eye test as well. Although, again, I would say that they were certainly more seasoned and more mature, and that helped them accomplish some of their goals. But the foundation feels pretty built. 
This team is not a joke around the league anymore. It is considered a place, it should be considered at least a place where you can win. He convinced Al Aminu to give up a starting role with Portland with Portland to come play in Orlando. You can say what you want about what you want to say about that signing. That that's that's what that signaled to me. And down the Magic's foundation feels pretty strong. You know, they are a perennial, they are a multiple playoff year playoff team, a perennial playoff team now. And now it's about taking that next step, taking that growth step to the next level. And so now is the time where Weltman needs to imprint himself on the roster. Make this team look like what it eventually will look like. The vision that he has, that's what this team needs to look like. That doesn't mean selling off players. That doesn't mean trading players for the sake of trading players. What that means is every move that he makes from here on out, and especially this offseason, needs to have purpose behind it. If you're trading Nikola Vucevic, what are you trying to accomplish in the trade? And what will that goal accomplish for the team? If you're trading Nikola Vucevic, the best player on the Magic, what kind of return do you need to get? Do you are you ready? Are you trading him to give Mo Bamba the starting role, the starting center position? If that's the purpose, and that's the purpose, and and you take what you you take what you get, what you want, or take what what will help help him succeed in that role. Are you looking to simply clear some cap a little bit, create some financial flexibility? If that's the goal, what ends will that create for this team? The goal here is not to just swap bad contracts or swap players just to say, oh, we made a change. We think we're better now because we made this change. Like I said, the 2021 season is, I don't want to say it's irrelevant because no season's irrelevant. Obviously, the Miami Heat have proven that anything can happen if you find the right mix of players. Anything can happen. And that should be a, a big lesson coming out of this thing. But it does feel a little bit lost in the sense that, yes, a key player will not be there. And so you can spend it, you know, not so much worrying about the 2021 team and what it does, although you still want it to be competitive and make the playoffs. You can spend it setting it up to look like the team you want it to look like. And again, this feels mushy. It feels fluid. I'm not being specific on what that team looks like. Because, and maybe this is the problem, I don't know. Certainly, Weltman has shown, and, and, and his cards would show, that he wants a team filled with long athletic players that defend well. And you know, hiring a coach like Steve Clifford certainly suggests that he wants a defensive-minded team, a, a tough kind of gritty team that defends well and is tough to tough to play and tough to score against. Magic are on their way there, but certainly could use some players to kind of fit that mold a little bit better. You know, Markel Fultz could certainly get better defensively. He was, you know, definitely not a consistent defender. You know, Nikola Vucevic, while a lot of defensive metrics really like him defensively, he still has his defensive shortcomings, which do get exposed in the playoffs. The Magic talked a lot about playing with more pace, about getting up and down the court more. So what are you doing to create that kind of team too? Magic obviously need more shooting. That is a skill that they're missing. And that would obviously help with a lot of different things as as well. 
The bottom line is whatever Weltman chooses, whatever kind of team Weltman ultimately wants to build, every move he makes has to be with an eye on building that team. I don't have a clear vision of what this team should be. You know, I I agree. I think it should be defensive-minded. I think it should be, you know, kind of a hawking, physical, aggressive defense with with the defensive players that they've drafted. But there are a lot of missing pieces, especially offensively in that puzzle. Playing with more pace, playing a more up-tempo style would certainly help, I think. But that part is not clear. If Jeff Weltman, but it's Jeff Weltman's job to have that vision and make that very clear. To have that clear idea of what this team should be. He doesn't need me to, he doesn't need me to tell, tell him what that, that, that should be. He should know. He should know exactly the kind of pieces and the kind of players he needs to build that team. And that's what he should be working on this offseason. Building that team. It might mean the 2021 team is not as good as 2020. It might mean the Magic missed the playoffs. That's okay. As long as the team is moving in the direction of its final product, of its final form, of the final stage of its evolution. Making that kind of progress is what's necessary this offseason. We all sense that this team needs change. We all sense that this team needs to mix things up. That in its current form, it has hit its ceiling. But here's the thing. This Magic team was never the final product. This was never the final step. This was a way station. This was a confirmation that the Magic's foundation has worked, is doing some good things, has produced results. They should feel confident that what they've built and what they've accomplished can stand up a little bit. Doesn't need support the support system as much. They've built a culture, as small a small scale as it might be at this point. And so now it's about bringing in the players that will maximize that culture and maximize the vision that they have for this group. Doing that's going to be tough and is going to need to take a lot of energy. So let's take a pause and reset a little bit and talk a little bit about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is one of my favorite products. I don't always use all the products that we advertise here on locked on on the locked on network uh so that maybe maybe that's too inside baseball i've used DoorDash. Dash was good um but they sent us they sent us a sample of built bars like way back when and i was like skeptical about it because i've had some bad protein bars you know i'm not a big workout guy so protein bars are always a little daunting they 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 feel like they should be a supplement but then you look at the the box or the wrapper and it's a meal replacement that's not what i'm looking for and anyways they don't quite taste right. You know, that says chocolate chip. Doesn't taste like chocolate chip. You know how it goes. They can be chalky. They can be a little granola-y. They, they, can, they can be just not what you're looking for. But Built Bar is the exact opposite of all that. It is literally like eating a candy bar. You don't feel any guilt about it because the calories are essentially the same as a, cal- as, a, as, a, as, a, as a candy bar. But it comes with all the protein that you want and it tastes delicious. Built Bar comes in 18 amazing flavors. 
including cookies and cream, carrot cake, coconut almond, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, orange, toffee almond, peanut butter brownie, and on and on and on. They've even got a pumpkin flavor that's, that's limited use right now. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are the healthy snack for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I I was going to spend this time talking a little bit about the draft and, and, and how the magic need to make sure they maximize the draft and do a better job uh, with their draft picks to kind of build the way that they're building and and, and certainly fit the philosophy of their kind of build from the middle um, philosophy. Um, But that, I think that that deserves a podcast on its own. So uh, I I know I teased it earlier. I think I'm going to save my draft discussion um, for either tomorrow's podcast or or podcast later on this week um, as, as we continue to discuss kind of the philosophies behind how the Magic are ultimately going to rebuild themselves and, and kind of turn the franchise into what they hope will be a championship franchise. So certainly they want to be a team, you know, and they want their, you know, I, I think there's a lot of philosophical debates about this, um, about whether this is a good thing or not, but I do think the Magic ultimately want their floor to be similar to what the Indiana Pacers and Portland Trailblazers are. Um, you know, you can say that's a bad thing, and, and you're not, you know, I don't think you're wrong to think that, but uh, I think the Magic envision themselves being a team like the Pacers, like the Blazers, you know, like the, you know, hopefully like the Spurs, but a team that, you know, is able to always supplement its roster um, and and wait for kind of an all-in move or just the right draft pick that takes them to that next level um, so that they're always competitive and always in the playoffs. You know, I don't, honestly, a lot of people say the NBA's middle is the worst place to be. I don't think that's true. I think the worst place to be is the, is the lottery grinder, you know, like Minnesota, like Sacramento, no offense to those fan bases, but they've been a long time out of the playoffs. Um, you want to be a team that can be competitive but still nimble enough to make moves. And when you have the off bad year, you take advantage of it. Uh, and again, I think that's something that the Magic um, have not always done successfully. So we'll talk a little bit about the draft uh, on a future episode. What I want to spend the rest of today's episode talking about is just a brief uh, brief preview of the NBA Finals. Um, you know, we, you know, I haven't done a lot of talking about the current NBA playoffs Um on this show, um, you know, obviously they've continued to go go on, and I highly suggest you check out the other great Locked On podcasts for a more detailed analysis. But we are entering the NBA Finals, and it is the you know pinnacle of the season. You know we're we're, we're entering the final. You know this marathon season. It has been more than a year since you know training camp began. You know actually Monday. You know today probably would have been media day uh, for the Orlando Magic for the 2021 season. It's it's hard to believe that. That you know we you know uh, if the calendar had gone as typically planned, we would be sitting here thinking and talking about the 2021 season as a reality, not as a hypothetical. 
Um, instead, we're going to have to wait probably till January for the 2021 season to start, thanks to the pandemic. And instead of opening the season right now at, at the beginning of October, we are getting ready to close the season. It's pretty. It's still pretty incredible to think about how how much how, how drastically things are different uh, in, in this era. I do want to talk about the finals. I am planning to at least do brief recaps of NBA Finals games and discuss what's going on as we declare an NBA champion. Um, you know, I, I'm going to have a rooting interest guide, I think, a little bit on for before Wednesday's Game 1. But I just want to provide a couple of brief thoughts on the NBA Finals matchup. Um, this, this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Probably the most interesting matchup by storyline um, as far as kind of the David versus Goliath since the Pistons beat the Lakers in 2004. You know, I'm looking at that Heat roster, and this is not to take anything away from the Heat. There are not Hall of Famers on that roster right now. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler is probably the closest. I- I'm not sure that he's a Hall of Famer yet. Um, but and I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm not saying that to insult the Heat. That's actually just a testament to what they have accomplished so far. Um, that team, you know, I was talking with, with, with my cousins uh, before, before dinner. We were watching a little bit of the Heat-Celtics game. And I was, you know, the, the Celtics feel like they are the more talented team. They have all the stars. They have all the guys that, that seem like they would be able to get them over the top. But then it just didn't work. You know, at, at the critical moments, it just didn't work. For whatever reason, That the Celtics just could not get out of their own way. And what's really incredible about the Heat is just how tied together they are. It's, it's a testament both to Eric Spolstra, to the players, to the whole organization that everyone just seems to know exactly what they need to do. Um, and they don't deviate from it. They, they execute their game plans so well and they play so hard. And, you know, obviously they're in the bubble and, and that has changed things. I, I, I don't know if the Heat make this kind of a run if they have to travel to Milwaukee, if they have to travel even to Indiana. Um, although I, th- I do think they beat that Pacers team. Um, I don't know if they, they win that series against Milwaukee if they have to play in Milwaukee. I don't, th- I don't know if they win this series if they play in Boston. The reality of the situation is this this bubble has created a, a, a setting where, you know, they just kind of lock in and play their game. They, they create their own energy. And, you know, I, the Heat are, you know, I've talked about them as a model for the Magic and how they need to build. The Heat are really a model franchise. It is, is a testament to how good Pat Riley has been building that team up, that they have had really three distinct, er- you know, four distinct errors, actually, of just incredibly strong basketball. You know, you, you got to give the Heat credit for their late 90s run with Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway. Those were tough teams um, and really embodied, you know, the kind of basketball that Pat Riley loved from the mid, from the mid-90s. They evolved into the Dwayne Wade-Shaq era um, and, and you know, won, obviously won a championship in 06 and really played some high-level basketball. You know, Riley pulled the coup bringing in LeBron and Bosh and those Heat teams are obviously more, some of the best teams in the league. And then they hit this era and they're, they're trying to figure themselves after LeBron and you know, they just kept buying into their culture and buying into their system and buying into who they are. And Jimmy Butler really is the perfect player for that system. I mean, I, I, I've often said, like, you know, you know, I don't know if, you know, you know I, I've often said that, you know, Jimmy Butler, you know, does, isn't always aesthetically pleasing. Statistically, certainly not pleasing. There are a lot of, lot of questions with Jimmy Butler, but when you watch him play, you're just like, that's just a dude. That, you know, he is the dude. He is the guy. Uh, and, you know, certainly that's something the Magic are missing. You know, the Magic are missing a player like him who can just take over a game and will his team to a victory. And it doesn't matter what the stats are. 
Jimmy Butler just wills his teams to victory. When he's locked in, when he is bought in, he is, he is one of the best players in the league. And you could tell that he has fully embraced everything about the Miami Heat. And that permeates to the rest of the roster. That permeates to the rest of the team. Um, you know, they've had guys that are just always bought into what the Heat are doing. Whether it's Bam Adebayo, a, a great pickup in the, in the late lottery around the time the Magic are going to be picking. Uh, whether that's Gordon Dragic, who's been there for a long time. Every single player seems to just absolutely love and breathe that Miami culture. It's really special what they've built there. Um, you know, and again, it, the only comparison I can think of is the Spurs um, as far as the kind of sustained excellence that, that the Heat have had now for almost 20 years. I think, you know, well, you know, the Spurs certainly are kind of in class of the realm. This is the first time they missed the playoffs since 1997. The Heat, I think, have only missed the playoffs six times since 1997. Um, so it is, it is some incredible work that the Miami Heat have done. Again, they've only had really, what, one, you know, two, they've had two, like, high, high lottery picks to build this kind of sustained success. Um, one was Dwayne Wade, picked fourth, and the other was Michael Beasley, picked second, and he didn't amount to much. So, the Heat, just, they're, the Heat, what they are so good at is picking players that fit their culture and really slotting them into, a, into situations where they can succeed. Uh, and it is, again a testament to everything that the Miami Heat have built, that they are in the finals, and and they deserve to be in the finals. This is not some fluke at all. But they face a daunting task against the Los Angeles Lakers. And again, this feels very much like a matchup, similar to the 4 Pistons-Lakers finals. Um, But this Lakers team is a, feels like a fully operational Death Star. Like LeBron, LeBron had another, you know, LeBron in closeout games, when he has a chance to put a team away, he is just unbelievably killer. He just destroys everyone in his path. Uh, and that performance in Game 5 to kind of silence the Denver Nuggets and kind of end their Cinderella run was just absolutely breathtaking and, and incredible. Um, beating top-end talent in the NBA Finals especially is is difficult. Um, the Heat, you know, have guys they can throw at LeBron James. They have Jay Crowder. They have Jimmy Butler. They have, you know, they, they could throw Bam Adebayo at him for a little while. Um, they have guys that can that can try and slow him down. But at the end of the day... Him and Anthony Davis are just going to be really, really tough. And unlike Boston, you know, LA has a lot of physical big guys that that I think are going to be able to help lock down the paint. The question is always three point shooting, and the Miami Heat are very good three point shooters. Um, and and the and the Lakers are going to have to be on point defensively. Um, but undoubtedly, the Lakers are the favorite. Um, I'm leaning toward Lakers in five or six in this series as things stand. Um, but the Heat are going to give them a lot. They're going to they're going to make them work for the for this championship. Um, it's it's going to be a really interesting battle. A great contrast of styles. I think it's going to be a fun NBA Finals, even if it is a little bit on the shorter side, um, and certainly maybe not one of of huge historical significance as far as the, the individual matchups. Um, but certainly, we're going to get an exciting battle to close out what is a very unique season, uh, and it should be fun. We'll talk more about the NBA Finals as it gets closer and as the series begins. But I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. The Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is currently open, so send us your questions on Twitter at omagicdaily, as well as at Gmail at omagicdaily at gmail.com. 
That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.